Hi, this is Judith O'Day, the original Barbara in George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for stopping by for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 365 of the weekly show that will keep you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this week our guest takes us back to one of the first horror movies that uh, I remember that uh, I had seen, and it's it, it uh, well, bluntly, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it's... It, it was uh, Night of the Living Dead. Now, of course, now we have World War Z and Zombieland and The Walking Dead and all these films about zombies. But this was one of the first movies that started it off. There were zombie movies before, and we'll get into that in the, when we talk uh, with uh, the person who's our guest. And uh, this movie was uh, just a, a great film, and it's definitely deserving of a classic uh, title on it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, be sure to take a look at it, because I think you'll enjoy it. Our guest will be Judith O'Day. She played Barbara in the film. She was uh, at the very beginning of the movie, and you see her all through the film. And, uh, of course, the film was made by George A. Romero, and we're going to learn a lot of stuff, so be sure to listen. It's coming up in a few minutes right here. Judith O'Day, right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, I hope you had a good week, and uh, we've got a lot of things coming your way. It's, of course, going to let you know what's coming your way in June in theaters and on DVD and Blu-ray. If you have a uh, suggestion for a guest, email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. If you have an email and you want to talk with me or whatever, just send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And I'm a little behind on my emails getting back to people because uh, I was on vacation a couple weeks ago there, and I'm trying to catch up. But uh, we will get, uh, I will get to you, so be sure to, you know, <laughs> don't think I'm ignoring you. I just haven't had a chance to get to that. Well, what do you say? Let's get right into it. What's coming your way in theaters in May as far as remakes? It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, movies coming your way in June that are, are remakes. Well, this one's sort of like a remake. It was a TV show. And now it's being made into a big screen movie. And a lot of you know this one. Entourage is coming your way on June 3rd. And that's it for remakes coming our way in June. But uh, we've got a whole lot more coming throughout the summer, so get ready for those. And coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies in theaters in June? Upcoming new movies, it looks like uh, Spy with Melissa McCarthy, will hit theaters on June 5th. And Love and Mercy takes a look at the story of the Beach Boy, Brian Wilson, on June 5th, with John Cusack, Elizabeth Banks, and Paul Giamatti. June 12th, you can look for Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, as it brings an awkward high school senior whose mom forces him to spend time with a girl who he hasn't spoken to since kindergarten, and she now has cancer. On June 19th, Disney and Pixar bring us Inside Out, as they take us inside the mind, and it includes the voice of Amy Poehler in the film. 
And Al Pacino stars in Manglehorn as a man who never recovers from losing the love of his life and cautiously moves toward a new love. That comes your way on June 19th. And it looks like on June 26th, Max is a story of a military dog who loses his trainer. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we'll take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way in theaters in June as far as sequels. Down at Sequel City on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, as far as Sequel City, usually by now we have a lot of sequels coming your way in the summer season, and we, we have a few. We have three coming your way, but uh, you know maybe July is going to have a lot more. But as far as sequels coming your way in theaters in June, Insidious Chapter 3 flies into theaters on June 5th, and Jurassic World stomps into theaters on June 5th also, and Ted 2 brings Ted's foul mouth back on June 26th. And that is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as DVD in June. TV on DVD coming your way in June. Well, it looks like on June 2nd, Bonanza. I love that show. (laughs) Season 8, Volume 1 and Volume 2 will be coming your way. As far as others, it looks like Falling Skies is going to be coming your way with Season 4. Justified brings us Season 6. The L Word, the complete series. And Parks and Recreation Season 7. Pretty Little Liars Season 5. Rizzolian Isles Season 5. Soap, the complete series. And The Wire, the complete series on Blu-ray. On June 9th, it looks like Doctari Season 4 will be coming your way. The Facts of Life Season 6. Heart to Heart, the final season. The Last Ship Season 1, Laverne and Shirley, the complete series, The Odd Couple, the complete series, and The Strain, Season 1, along with Thunderbirds, the complete series. June 16th, The Bold Ones, complete series, The Cosby Show, Season 7 and 8, Jericho, complete series, and The Newsroom, Season 3, and also Two and a Half Men, Season 12. June 23rd, George Lopez comes our way with Season 4. And Young Hercules, the complete series, will be heading our way. And then on June 30th, you can look for the Donna Reed Show, Season 3. And that's it for TV on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? We've got it next. (laughs) Movies on DVD coming your way in June on June 2nd. Focus with Will Smith. And Jupiter Sending with Mila Kunis. And it looks like McFarlane with Kevin Costner will be coming your way. As well as the Spongebob movie, Sponge Out of Water with Tom Kenny. And June 9th, The Duff. And also Kingsman, The Secret Service with Colin Firth. And Serena with Jennifer Lawrence. June 16th, Chappie with Hugh Jackman. The Lazarus Effect with Olivia Wilde. And you can look for Run All Night with Liam Neeson. And Unfinished Business with Vince Vaughn. 
On June 30th, it looks like we can expect Danny Collins with Al Pacino and Get Hard with Will Ferrell and The Gunman with Sean Penn and While We're Young with Ben Stiller. And that's it for movies on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's time for Celebrity Birthdays. Celebrity birthdays. Hopefully we'll make his day on May 30th. Clint Eastwood is 85 years old and Brooke Shields is 50. And also Leah Thompson, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond from Back to the Future and a whole lot of other things, turns 54. June 1st, look for Morgan Freeman to turn 78 and Heidi Klum turns 42. June 2nd, Zachary Quinto turns 38 and Dana Carvey, he turns 60. On June 4th, it looks like Angelina Jolie turns 40, and Parker Stevenson, one of the Hardy Boys, turns 63. And June 5th, Mark Wahlberg turns 44, and Kenny G turns 59. And on June 6th, ooh, Robert Englund turns 63. And I remember him, the guy, Freddie, with the long, long nails. Ooh. And let's see, he's 68. Paul Giamatti, 48. And Gary U.S. Bonds... Past guest here at On Screen and Beyond turned 76 years old. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. And we don't have any listener birthdays, but if you have a birthday coming up or a friend or a relative, be sure to send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and we will get uh, the word out. And everybody will wish you a happy birthday, all the listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. So be sure to do that. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it is Judith O'Day from the great horror film from the 1960s, Night of the Living Dead. A true classic. We're going to talk about that and the role she played in it as Barbara. She's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress from the classic 1968 horror film, Night of the Living Dead. She played the role of Barbara. It's Judith O'Day. Judith, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Judith, I have to tell you, Night of the Living Dead is probably one of my favorite horror movies that there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made me smile really broadly. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's one of those movies that, of course, now you can get uh, you can go into any store and it's it's available you know for ten dollars probably on on DVD. Uh, it's just so easy to get it. But uh, back before video and everything like that, uh, I actually got a copy on Super Eight, the full movie on oh, Super Eight. That's <laughs> amazing. That's how much I enjoyed the film. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for what I paid for that, I, I I would have a whole collection of DVDs now. <laughs> oh my lord, I wouldn't even want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> but Night of the Living Dead is such a classic. Uh, how did you get involved with that film? You've had 
the old saying, who you know mm -hmm. makes a difference. Well, it, it did in this regard. I started in the entertainment business when professionally when I was about 15 years old. I began working every night at the Pittsburgh Playhouse in musical theater. And as my career progressed, I moved out into voiceovers, commercial work, done through various studios in Pittsburgh. One of those studios was Hardman and Associates. Carl Hardman and Marilyn Eastman ran that organization. We did just tons of, of fun, wonderful voiceovers and commercials. When I decided to leave Pittsburgh, go out to Hollywood to make my way in film, I said goodbye to my friends, headed off. But fortunately, Carl Hardman never forgot the good times we had. He gave me a call within a year and said, George Romero, Russ Streiner, Jack Russo, and I are getting together. We're going to make a film. Would you be interested in coming back and auditioning for it? So I hopped the plane, left Hollywood, went back to Pittsburgh, auditioned for George and the crowd, and very fortunately was uh, given the role of Barbara. Hmm. Now, now that's, that's kind of odd that you go to Hollywood to start a career, but you end up going back to where you started from. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing, isn't it? Yes. Truth is really stranger than fiction. <laughs> hmm. Of course, that was a low-budget film back then. Uh, well, I'm sure back then it was still a lot of money to make it, but but uh, it, it was probably considered a. It wasn't a major studio that was making the film, but the making of that movie and and did you have any idea that it would become such a classic horror film? I don't believe that any of us involved in the film ever thought that. Our minds were focused on trying to make the best film we could make with the small amount of money we had. That's where the focus was. We never dreamed <clears throat> it would it would still be around after all these years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing that a a small film like that, uh, and there had been <clears throat> excuse me, there had been many zombie movies made you know a long time ago back in the 30s and 40s there are movies that that were zombie type movies but this one really is the one that i would say is the the one that has led into all the ones that we have now i mean zombies are huge you know the walking dead and everything like that but this was the one that really started it i believe well, I think a lot of the earlier films were more the Haiti voodoo kind of yes. zombie, living dead. Mm -hmm. Our film our film had, I believe, and if I can talk objectively, being as subjectively involved in the film as I, I was and am, things happened in that film. Things were done in that film at a time where... Those things were never done before. Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Having a, a black woman or a black man and a white woman meet and, and co-star in a way together without making a big deal mm -hmm. in 1957, 68 of the, the racial issue. Right. 
tremendously different. No film had really done that kind of thing, major studio or not. The fact that the white hats in the film, the good folks, didn't end up living. Mm -hmm. Not one of them ended up living. That, too, was really never done before. Right. The... Also, there were artistic things done in my mind in that film that even today make it hold up and be resilient. George had a wonderful way of staging shots with shadows, gobos, wonderful ideas that added an ambiance, a feel to the terror that was building in the film. These are just a a few of the examples, I think, of what made Night of the Living Dead uh, a lasting film. Definitely, definitely. It's, uh, I mean... The the like you say the way the film was done and and there was a story to it. It wasn't just people getting killed all you know all the time. There was a story and they were trying to get out and and it was just a such a great film. Also, it, to follow up on your your very thought, right at the beginning of the film, the intensity began. If you recall seeing films from that era back in uh, the 50s and 60s, sometimes it took a while for you to find out what's the scary thing, what what is it we're fighting here. But in night, you saw it within the first five minutes of the film. And the the intensity began with the killing of Johnny and the, the running of Barbara being chased by Bill Heinzman, number one zombie. It started right at the beginning. Everybody watching it, I think, became invested in his or her own way in seeing how will anybody survive? How will Barbara survive? And then, oops, we have people in the basement. How are they going to survive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the intensity begins at the very beginning of the film and doesn't end until the very end. That's for sure. <laughs> and and I can all I mean one thing in that film, one line that everybody remembers is they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I never ever tire of hearing that, Brian. So you you again have brought a a big smile to my face. <laughs> yeah, that I mean the whole film was done so well. Uh, and it's it's held up all these years, and and like I said, every zombie movie or, or Living Dead movie that is out there right now basically goes back to that. You know, it, there was some type of of either a virus or it wasn't the voodoo, like you say. It was it was a virus or something that caused right. all the people to start dying and coming back. Right. Even in World War Z. Yes, it was that that virus that once you had it, you didn't want to deal with people who were sick. You only wanted to deal with people who were well, and that those were the ones they killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, are if, you go ahead. I'm sorry. If, if I can just say something, because it 
so many people over the years have expressed how the film affected their lives, how it scared them when they were younger. I am beyond grateful. I, my mind oftentimes doesn't comprehend what an effect this film has had on so many people's lives over the years. I, I am so, so grateful that people have enjoyed watching it mm. for as long as they have, Brian. Now, were you a fan of horror movies when you made this film? <laughs> to be very honest with you, it was not my favorite genre. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, some of my favorite films from way back then was things like The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Oh, yes. A wonderful black and white film with Rex Harrison and Eugene Tierney. Mm-hmm. The Portrait of Jenny with Joseph Cook and... Uh, and um, I, I loved the magic of film. I, I loved that kind of story. Horror was not something that I really jumped into. I'll give you, and I know I've told this story innumerable times, but it's a very powerful one for me and a, a story that affected my performance, I believe, in Night of the Living Dead. When I was about seven years old, seven or eight, my folks took me to the, the movie theater to see House of Wax in mm. 3D mm-hmm. with Vincent Price. Yes. It, it so frightened me to my, the soul of my psyche there that I literally pulled them out of the theater. I, I, I couldn't stay to watch it. <laughs> Uh, and, and an interesting anecdote there, the because they used film back then, they put one of the the last reels on first. They got them mixed up, <laughs> so I got to see some of the the horror very early on, <laughs> his face and and having the the wax mask broken off his face. You see that burned. Oh. It, it is indelibly etched in my mind. It so frightened me as a kid that uh, I, I carried it for all those early years, and I've carried it into my later years. Maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, I haven't jumped on the horror film bandwagon back then. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a much different understanding of horror today. That has come from wonderful conversations I've had with people I've met at various horror film conventions. They really enlightened me as to what this genre is all about and how important it is for so many people. Sorry to digress there, Brian. <laughs> it's just uh, amazing that so many people have seen this film too. I mean, this isn't just a film that uh, you know some people have seen. A lot of people have seen this film. <laughs> Amazing to me. For for a, a you know a low budget movie that uh, just blew up. I mean, and just so many people just watched it. It's uh, it's just fascinating. And then of course they've had uh, remakes and and sequels and and. 
just so many different types of sequels too, because they're not all done by George Romero. But uh, now I understand that uh, you're in another one movie now called uh, that's done filming or is filming called Night of the Living Dead Genesis. Yes, I I read the script. I found it to be um, quite interesting. There is a twist in that film that caught my eye, and I, I thought, I, I'm willing to take a chance on this. Hmm. When I met, um, and my name is not popping up in my head, I could kill myself. <laughs> oh, my Lord, Matt Cloud. Mm-hmm. Matt Cloud wrote, produced, directed the film, got in touch. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe not. But he's done a good job in crafting a movie that um, you're either going to say, wow, or you're going to say, oh, let's go back to the original. (laughs) But um, the production quality of Matt's film, as far as I I have seen, is is very good. It's a cut above a lot of the the low-budget films that you might see today. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll be interested to see how the public reacts yeah. to the twist huh. in this story. Now, are you playing the same character? Yes. Yes, I am. Ah, okay. That's the last thing I'm going to say about it. <laughs> okay. Going <laughs> <laughs> to keep us wondering and, and, and wanting more. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> Now, any idea when that's going to be released? You never know in this business. Right, yeah. yeah. But I'm hoping sometime this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So either way, it's probably going to be a good companion film to if you're watching Night of the Living Dead and then watch Night of the Living Dead Genesis. It would probably be a, a, a kind of a neat, neat thing to see both of them. Well, I, I think it will be interesting. I, I know... Having been, of course, uh, a part of the original, I know that those of us who are still alive <laughs> from the original may not be too happy with the fact that Matt has gone out to do this. The film is really not a remake, per se. Mm-hmm. It is a film that stands on its own because the storyline is slightly different. And the, therefore, it, it, I, I wish that there was more acceptance from, from the original makers of the films. But we won't go into that. You never know. Uh, I think that there is a possessiveness about something that has become such an integral part of one's life. Right. You, yeah. you don't want to see, see anything hurt it. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people, you know, love and not just this movie, but any time a remake or or a re reimaging or you know they have different names for what what they're doing with it. But every time you see that, uh, people sometimes say, "Well, why are they touching such a great film?" Yeah, yeah. Why don't you leave it alone? Yeah, you often hear people say that. But as I said, this this has a twist to it that's a bit different. Hmm. Oh, that'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye out for. 
Good. I'm glad I piqued your interest. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> like I say, I'm a big fan of Night of the Living Dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, are you doing any other films that are coming up? I, I, I'm, you know, heard some things that you, you have some other films that are on the on the horizon for us. I do. Uh, it, uh, the last year was a busy year for me. I think I made about four before films. They are now making the rounds of various horror film festivals. One of those films is a, a cute little thing called uh, They Came from the Ether. Mm -hmm. It is, takes place in the 1950s. And the, I have a wonderful little cameo in that film that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. So much so that I've been very fortunate. They've, they've awarded me in several film festivals the Best Supporting Actress, wow. which... Blew my mind. I was so excited. But that one hopefully will be coming out. I don't know if it will ever get theatrical release except on DVD and on demand. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Several others, too. You're, you're testing my memory here. Well, I, I'm. Ed Dean. <laughs> Which one? Ed a thing called Ed Dean DDS. Now, I have not seen the finished product. So I cannot really comment much about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, let's suffice it to say that I do my best to keep my toe in the door. <laughs> and if if someone feels that I can add benefit to their project, I am always willing to take a look. Oh, that's great. Now, I also see, I'm looking at a list here, so I'm kind of cheating, but uh, I see... Oh, I'm glad you have a list. <laughs> I see one called uh, Abandoned Dead. Hmm. Mark, uh, yeah. In fact, I just got a, a text from Mark the other day, an email, saying that they're going to have their L.A. Uh, screening, an initial screening coming up very shortly. Unfortunately, that's coming up in June. I won't be able to attend it. But I'll be quite anxious to see how, um, how the audience reacts to it. Mm -hmm. And he's put his blood, soul, and heart into that film, as do just about any independent filmmaker. Right, yes. They, they give their life to it. So I, I do hope that the response to the film is a good one. Mm -hmm. You know what I just did recently? What's that? I started... On the stage, I, I told you I did musical theater. Well, I also did dramas, comedies, etc. I, I sort of ran the gamut on stage. I hadn't been on stage in a while since I uh, had been in California. I had the opportunity, now that I'm in Arizona, to audition for a wonderful stage production of Doubt. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but it is. it was made into a film with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman yes, yeah. several years ago. Yeah. Well, I, had an, uh, I auditioned for it, was fortunate enough to be given the, uh, the Meryl Streep role, and I have just finished doing that. It was one of the most text 
intensive emotional things that I have done that consumed, just literally consumed my life. Stage will do that. Mm. Movies do that too, but they do it in a different way. Stage is a different animal. And it, uh, it really is amazing how involved you become in it and it in your life. So I I just wrapped that show barely a month ago. It was one of the most exciting productions I've been in in a long while. Hmm. Do you enjoy that uh, feed the immediate feedback of of stage? Oh, oh, it, it's tremendous. It it feeds you. It surprises you. There. I, there were lines in that show I never thought would garner a reaction from the audience. And yet we had laughs in that show that you would never have expected for the subject matter mm-hmm. about a, a priest and the, the sister believes he's a pedophile and he's doing his best to get him out of the priesthood. So you wouldn't think there'd be a lot of laughter. Right. But surprisingly... <laughs> The way Shanley wrote this, there were more chuckles uh, after the performances. Oftentimes, the audience would stay. We who had performed would come out on the stage. We'd have professionals, either psychologists, professionals from the, the church. Uh, we would talk about this. One of the things that oftentimes I brought up was the humor. How it was amazing, the audience reaction to it, saying how important that was for them because it made my character, who is a very hard, hard woman, more more accepting, more credible. So you never stop learning. Hmm. Being on the stage is, is just a... A wonderful adventure. Yeah. Now, do you find that one night they'll react to certain things that you say, and then the next night, what you what you found that they were laughing at that night, the next night they're not getting it, <laughs> or, or does that happen sometimes? Oh, sure it does. Sure it does. You you think, oh boy, they like that line. Well, maybe tonight they'll like it again, but it, it they react like slightly differently. <laughs> and that, that's one of the reasons why stage is is such a living, breathing entity from the beginning of rehearsal all the way through to the end performance. It's uh, constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It's ever-changing, and you, you don't know what you're going to get. You bet. Yeah. Huh. So, as far as Night of the Living Dead... Do you ever ever have any regrets that you were in it? Not for a second. It it has changed my life, Brian. I I have met more people because of this film than I probably would ever have met without it. It truly has has changed my life. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back in a heartbeat. I'd, hmm. I'd do it over and over again if I had the chance. Yeah. Now, did you ever see the colorized version of it? 
I think I saw the first few minutes and then shut it off. I know it too. I, 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 I'm of the belief that you don't want to colorize something like Casablanca. Right. You don't want to colorize something like Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree I, with you. <laughs> yeah. It was meant to be in black and white. Yeah. Just the, just the shading and everything. It just, it just made it scarier. Right. I agree. Yeah. And uh, it, it's one of those films that it's, well, I mean, let's face it. You're, you are part of the movie history of a movie that scares the heck out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and what amazes me is that uh, when I attend these conventions, young people, and when I say young people, sure, there are the little ones that come up, but there are also the teenagers, and there are the young adults who are in their 20s, early 20s, mid-20s. People, I would think, would think our film... Oh, too uh, non-sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know what and you mean. Yet, I have had some of the best conversations with this group of people than than any. It it has been wonderful. We've talked about the psychology of the characters. We we've talked about the storyline and the strength of it, how it holds up even today. It, it's it's a marvel to me that um, the young people are so accepting of mm. the film. Yeah. Well, nowadays, films are so out-and-out out gory. I mean, they, they try to shock you with the gore, and it's not necessarily needed because you take Night of the Living Dead, there was that one scene where they were eating the intestines just, right. just for a second. Right. But besides that... It, it was just the atmosphere and the the angles of the camera and the, the the you know the shadowing and everything else that they did with it. That's what made it scary, as opposed to let's see how many heads we can cut off or you know kill or you know all those things. I agree, and I, also if if I can add, and this is an old person's comment, seeing as how I'm up in in years. Watching some of the newer horror films today it is, is disturbing to me because oftentimes they are so cruel. Mm-hmm. They, they're cruel. It, what can humans do to, to other humans? I mean, how cruel can we be? And it, I see that in a lot of them. And I know that that's not pervasive through all, but so many of them show the cruelty of humanity, and that is disturbing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to think that we're growing a step above that. Yeah. I was going to call you Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> I, I answered to that. That's okay, Brian. Well, Judith, I, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. I know we're, we're going just about the length of what we had talked about. And, and there's, I mean, I'm just fascinated talking to you and, and there's so many other things we could talk about, but uh, I'll try to keep it right to what we said. Um, sure. I'd like to get into a little bit uh, more personal thing toward of you. Um, when you relax and watch TV, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies 
now and of the past? Okay. In fact, when we end our conversation, I have a little dinner. I know I'm going to sit down in front of the television and turn on Netflix. I have been watching Longmire. Yes, yeah. I have been watching House of Cards. Mm -hmm. I've been watching The Killing. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I've been watching some wonderful British uh, series, one called Happy Valley. That is incredible. Huh, I haven't heard of that Another one called Last Tango in Halifax. I, I model. I think this is wonderful how television is evolving into these wonderful series. And I, I must admit, I well, here's one closer to my own genre. I was watching Surface. Are you familiar with that? No, I don't don't know that one. Well, check it out. Check it out. If anybody listening or anybody reading, uh, check it out because it only lasted one season. I I just binge watched all fifteen of them practically. It had to do with the evolution, how mankind created uh, something that literally was ending up destroying the planet. And the, it it was fascinating. So I, I do, I will get into uh, horror or disaster. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I, I think disaster films are one of my favorites, but... Let's see, I gave you a, a, a taste of what I am watching now. Um, growing up, the, what, what were your growing favorites up, growing up? I loved Tootsie. I, I thought that was beautifully written, wonderfully crafted. <laughs> Another film that I watched repeatedly is Dante's Peak with Piers Brosnan. Yes, I remember that, yes. I love that one with Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And as I mentioned before, the Ghost and Mrs. Muir and some of the old black and white. Yeah, the classics, that I, yeah. I dearly love. I think one of the funniest films I ever saw that practically made me wet my pants was Rosalind Russell in, um, come on, Auntie Maine. Okay, Aunt, yeah. I know we're really going back now, <laughs> but you talk about well-made, funny, and good films, very entertaining films. These are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, Judith, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. It was fascinating to hear the stories that you had. And uh, it, it's, uh, if, before we leave, I'd like to ask one final question. It, it was. Sure. Is there any certain memory of the filming that you most remember about Night of the Living Dead? Anything well, funny that happened or anything like that? Well, it, you know, the, the first thing that popped into my head as I was listening to your question was the fact that Night of the Living Dead had so many of our friends in it. Mm-hmm. My father was in that film. Really? He was in the posse. My my English teacher's father was in it. My father's golf buddies <laughs> were in it. I 
uh, there was a gourmet cook. There was a guy I dated who used to date my sister. I, I just, <laughs> these are things that that I remember. George would say, well, we're going to have a big shoot. We're going to do the posse sequence. Bring in some of your friends. Wow. <laughs> so it, it's just not a small group of people who came together to make this film. Yeah. We really touched a lot of other families in the making of it. Yeah. Wow. Well, Judith, I thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Oh, Brian, it's been delightful for me. I hope I didn't rattle on too much. A big thank you going out to Judith O'Day for sharing with us here at On Screen and Beyond and taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it very much. And like I said earlier, if you have not seen the movie Night of the Living Dead, be sure to watch it. If you're a fan of uh, The Walking Dead or any of those horror zombie movies, you got to watch this because this is the one that started it, okay? Like I said, there was a lot of zombie movies before that, but they were not like this. This is a great film. Be sure to check it out, Night of the Living Dead. And uh, Judith O'Day played the role of Barbara. I want to thank her so much. All right. Well, that's about it. We don't have too much more coming your way this week, but uh, if you have a chance and you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review if you would. And if you are also uh, out there and you want to make a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person on. We've got a lot of people who have written in with some great suggestions, and uh, I'm looking into those, so we appreciate that. Well, that's about it here at On Screen and Beyond. We've got a lot of things coming your way. We've got a great guest coming your way next week, so be sure to be listening. Tell a friend. That's probably the most important thing. We get the word out. We've got all kinds of people. And uh, this week in the, uh, the stats, I found that uh, Finland has just skyrocketed with listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. So welcome. Uh, I mean, there's been a, they've been listening for a long time, but uh, we've gotten a big, big, big explosion of listeners in Finland. And we do appreciate that. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.